0: And now, weighing in, out of the blue corner, Josh the Punk Thompson. 100%. And on the other side, he weighs in from the red
1: corner, Big John
0: McCarthy. Nice. Well, hello and welcome, and happy Halloween to everybody out there. This is the Weighing In Podcast, where I, John McCarthy, and my man, Josh the Punk. And that's right, he is a punk. And he's a punk for a reason. Thompson he's gonna go after everybody and that's what i love about him we got a lot to talk about we had the ufc fight night with arnold allen taking on calvin cater we had bellator from milan italy we had jake paul and anderson silva we had Vasily lomachenko against mr ortiz we got so much to talk about what's up my man welcome back welcome back to the great country of the u.s
1: huh
0: (laughs) love that travel
1: I love I'm surprised that Biden is taking you off
0: the no fly list. I'm really surprised. <laughs> He's trying to get rid of me, man. If you, you, you if you leave him on the no fly list, it's tough for them to go away. You it's want to catch great. it right when they're gone. It's He's so not great. smart enough to catch me when I'm gone. John, we I have had
1: a very explosive week. It's been all oh, just a shit show and a firestorm <laughs> that I ignited from last week's show. We're gonna get into it. But uh before before we get into it, um like, tell me a little bit about your trip. You you know, I mean, I know I look, I want to I just want to clarify something real quick. I had talked to our listener, Amanda, yes. and she had said that when you guys are doing the fighter interviews, well, a couple of fighters kind of mentioned that they missed me. So I'm just going to throw that out there. Go ahead. You, I, I have heard of but verify it, too, but I want to know. Did, so, did,
0: she, did someone verify that for you? I, she did. Oh, she did. I'm gonna verify she's <laughs> fucking lying to you. No one <laughs> gave shit. To <laughs> 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 oh
1: shit. Oh hey, shit. Every baby. fighter walking that just door. Got, oh
0: no, no. Oh my god. And now it's said, every fighter, Josh? too. Where's Josh? Where's, where's Josh? Josh? My God, boy. Do the lies start to fly? Oh my I'm God. Yes, I will say there. There. there was there was one fighter. So where's oh, Josh? Oh my gosh, one. What? one. what? I'm being honest here. Here, do you want the truth or do you want the Amanda's trying to make you feel good? Wow. Amanda, our listener is trying to make you feel good about oh, something. <laughs>
1: wow. wow, wow, All got, the love getting, just went right I'm out getting, the window. I'm getting brutalized over here. But I was hoping you would shower me some
0: praise, but shower apparently not. <laughs> yeah. I will. I'm telling you, there was a fighter that came in. I will not say this. Where's Josh? Oh, I miss him. said ah. that was nice. See, you were was, missed. Was was Meatball Molly there? No, Meatball Molly was not there. I love me some Meatball Molly, yeah. man. She's Meatball a, Molly was not there. Was
1: and then uh, I saw Liam McCourt was there. I saw he was. He was actually boot boot working trainer. for the BBC. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, you know, so was Aiden. Aiden was working with the. the yes, DJs he was. Around. That's awesome, man. I love the it. power. Aiden, Aiden does a great job. The does power. Job. Um. Okay. Anyways, I don't want to get too much into Bellator because we're going to talk about Bellator, but I had to throw that out there because I know, I know several fighters walked in of course, of course they, they confirmed best. they confirmed. i will tell you, <laughs> but, you right know.
0: now i missed you yes
1: yeah i mean <laughs> it's just not the same right it's just not the yeah. same not gotta the you same, know man. but hey
0: but who knows but boy maybe next do time, i have a place maybe maybe the next, next time, time that we go back to milan italy mm-hmm. do i have a place that i'm taking you to go eat was oh good? my god oh my was god good? fantastic
1: what was it how far was it was it in milan like in the like uh duomo the- area
0: no, where we were staying at? No, yeah. No, we were staying. So you, no, I know, I you know where I
1: know where you guys weren't. You guys weren't staying anywhere near. Thank you very The much. the church or anything like that, right? No. That no. You, that you weren't staying down there by this. You were like we like we did last time where the elevator stuck. Yes. Yeah.
0: No, no, no. We were we were out in uh, near where the stadiums at for the uh, football teams there and everything, mm-hmm. and uh, probably only about nah, you know a ten minute, probably three mile ride from the Allianz Cloud, which is the arena there. Mm -hmm. But it was uh, easy to get around. Milan's nice. Beautiful city. Beautiful people. Really
1: good food. Yeah. Yeah, the food was pretty good last time we were there. Remember we went to the little hole in the wall?
0: It was a walk and it was a little hole in the wall. Oh, yeah. uh, Last time we would go down that damn, just that street with all the cafes and everything. You could pick anything. It was all good.
1: It was all good. Well, I don't know. We went to the steak place that first night and that wasn't that great. (laughs)
0: Italians know what they're doing with food, man. Yeah, they do. Yeah. As a country, they got it going on.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, hey, let's get into the UFC, UFC fight night. What is it? 213, I think is what it was. Oh, no, 63. It, 63. Jesus, 63.
0: Man. Very much. You, see you
1: see that? You see how I came up with the right answer? Like, that? yeah. Cater versus Allen. Let's, uh, let's get into it, man. I mean, obviously we can only go off of what the first round, what it yeah. happened in the first round, but I wanted to know if Arnold Allen could do that for five rounds. Because in that first round, he looked good. This show is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Use our promo code Wayne in. You get a little extra spending cash for your first initial deposit. And look, guys, John and I have been on track as of lately. Look, we talked about Arnold Allen, how dynamic he was, how explosive he was. And in that first round, he showed it all. I know the fight didn't end up going the way that we thought it was going to go based on the fact that of the injury. But look, John and I had laid down some good chances that Arnold Allen was going to win, how he was going to get it done. That's exactly how he was doing it. So go to mybookie.ag, use our promo code WayneIn, get that first initial uh spending cash little bonus there from us by using our promo code Wayne In at mybookie.ag.
0: You're never gonna know, you know, exactly yeah. what was gonna happen in a fight, and things could have changed and and Calvin could have made adjustments. But if you go off of what we saw in the first round, look at the southpaw stance of Arnold Allen gives a lot of people problems just because of the way that he attacks them, and he he uses that straight left, right down the you know the pipe. He uses it so well, and he hit Calvin, you know, in this in the second half of that first round, he lit him up multiple times with that straight left hand, and Calvin was having a hard time figuring out exactly when he was going to launch it, and from what position because he took his footwork. And created the angle that put him in that position to make that shot land. And he again, it was it was kind of funny because you know, as I was watching, you got Dom and Mike are the the commentators. And it was very clear that Dom was commentating for Calvin Cater, and Mike was definitely commentating for Arnold Allen. He was like, anytime Arnold Allen Mike was talking, anytime that Calvin yeah. did something, it was Dom talking. You know, which was kind of I understood it. It's fine, and I know that that Mike is a big fan of Arnold Allen's, and he should be because the dude is good, and yeah. he's good everywhere. He he does have the ability to be in the stand up game with very good strikers. He's got good wrestling. Everybody that comes out of Renegade, Josh, they are now good with their wrestling, you know, and it's something that you know I think that what happened with Leon Edwards eight mm-hmm. years ago when he fought kamara Usman and got that loss was he you know hey wrestling is a huge part of this and we need to be good at that and at his gym they're good with their wrestling and arnold allen is good with it and that's where he's coming from even though he does you know he uh interacts with tristar and zahabi the, the guy's good man you know and he doesn't get a whole lot of fucking pump or press in for how good he really is as a fighter
1: yeah, the press lately hasn't been doing their job. So we'll talk about that later. Anyways, Arnold <laughs> Allen though, fantastic, fantastic performance, long, long with his combinations, the explosiveness he showed, the accuracy he showed. He didn't just throw recklessly. He was on point with his target. Um, he did everything he needed to do in that first round. Now, obviously we'll never know how this would have went in the second, third, fourth and fifth round. Um, overall, just I thought it was a good performance is I saw what I wanted to see out of him in terms of, his ability against a top level fighter would he could he handle the pressure cater would be able to walk him down get him to to fight off of his back foot would he just throw wild shots he didn't do that he stuck yep. he was sticking and moving but he wasn't also he wasn't over moving he there wasn't you he wasn't using too much energy after he landed his combination he wouldn't run around and try and stay away from from cater he landed his shots he turned back to him and he faced him he tried to keep his back and his back foot off of that fence. He did a fantastic job. Now, there's so many questions still to be answered. How will he perform in the later third and into the fourth and fifth round? We want to see him go the full five. Those are all things that he'll end up getting with with uh, some tougher fights. I really think that you're going to probably end up seeing him fight someone like a Max Holloway.
0: I absolutely. I, I Just watching it after it was over, I'm looking at him going, mm-hmm. who do you put him against? And the first name that really pops up, you go, you got to yeah. put him against a Max. Yeah. you got know, You got to have a solid opponent for Holloway, and this guy is it. And it's a good matchup. It would be an interesting fight. I, I, one of the things I want to say is, you know, the whole thing and how Calvin hurt himself because Calvin hurt himself with when he did the jump. But it was, it was actually the footwork of Arnold Allen mm-hmm. earlier on in the fight, and at that moment, that caused Calvin to hurt himself. Let's mm-hmm. just be honest, because. He always he took the angle that Calvin realized. I'm out of position. I got a problem. And he tried to change his position almost in the air, and that's why he took the step that was a little bit funky when he landed with his uh, right leg. And hey, it happens. But a lot of you know all freaking you know you know it doesn't say anything. No, Arnold Allen performed very well. Not that Calvin wasn't performing you know at a high standard. He was, but. You can't take anything from Arnold Allen based upon the injury. He was doing exactly what he needed to do to win that fight. And it was going his way at the time that that injury occurred. And it was going his way, you know, when the injury made it to where he couldn't go on. You know, you got to give it up. The guy can fight, man. I want to talk about one of our favorite products because it gets you healthier. If you are a smoker, if you're a vapor, that is not good for you. And we, we want you to be healthy on this show. So we want you to think about looking into fume. Fume is a product. This beautiful little prominent that has a essential oil core. All you do is put that core into this. You can breathe on this thing anywhere you want, in your car, in a plane, anywhere. It doesn't matter. It's not going to affect anybody else. It's going to give you that beautiful hand-to-mouth feeling that you are so used to with your vaping and smoking. But it's not going to put anything into your body and your lungs that is bad for it breathe fume is a beautiful product i want you to go to breathe fume take the e off of the end of that breathe fume slash weighing in and use the promo code of weighing in and you will get 10 percent off all of the essential oils there's a plethora of flavors for you to try they're all fantastic go to breathe fume become healthy trust me you're gonna thank us john i'm two guys off the top of
1: my head obviously one is max holloway the other guy's brian ortega stylistically which one do you like more for arnold allen which how do you see either one of those fights playing out
0: well I, i i the one that i think is the more interesting fight to watch is actually the ortega fight yeah you know i think that would be really an interesting fight based upon ortega has a great ground game and would i think at a certain point be trying to use it against arnold allen it would be interesting to see exactly you know, how, I th- Arnold Allen's wrestling has gotten good, good enough. I think he can stop all the takedowns of Brian Ortega. So Brian Ortega, in my opinion, would have to land clean shots that hurt Arnold to get him in that, that grounded position, or, or, he, or Allen would have to make a mistake, slip, something like that. Off of a pure wrestling takedown, I'm not sure you can get him down. Sure. I look at the Holloway fight, it's going to be, I think Max is going to make it the kickboxing battle. You know, and he's going to try to keep it on the feet. Uh, I look at his defensive wrestling is good enough to where Arnold's going to have a hard time taking him down with just a normal wrestling takedown or anything like that. So, you know, a difference in the way those fights would go, but interesting both ways. I don't care which one they put against him. That's, he he deserves that progression of moving up into that upper echelon. Uh, he's proved himself.
1: There's a little bit of buzz right now. I just saw, I saw, um, something that was written about, um, probably not by media because they're not doing much these days, but probably you by somebody on fire. In, in Twitter, probably by somebody <laughs> on Twitter, just a casual fan that just decided to throw this out there. But hey, you know, I mean, they seem to be doing a pretty good job these days. The fans doing a good job of reporting stuff. Um, I wanted to say it might be a good idea to, to have an interim title at this time. If you're going to have Volkanovski go up sometime in February to fight, you know, uh, off of the title, maybe throw an interim title in there. You've got a lot of guys. Y Yari Rodriguez, you've got Arnold Allen. Uh there was another name mentioned. It's off the top of my head, it's not really um there right now. Um, but I could see even like a Brian Ortega coming up in there. <clears throat> you know, yeah, no, nah, Diga's too far down. Oh, Josh Emmett, that was the other name. Josh Emmett. So yeah, you've well, got Josh, Josh look, Emmett. Josh Emmett deserves
0: it. He deserves it. Yeah. You got it you gotta, you gotta look. He said, Man, he gets passed by. Yeah, it seems like all the time, and it's like I don't know if it's his age, I don't know what it is, but yeah, Josh Emmett deserves that shot. Is you coming off of a win? Yeah,
1: or is he coming off of a loss? Who no, he No, he's last? got the
0: win against Ortega. I mean, it wasn't you know what it was. Uh, you know, based on oh, the that, injuries. That, that, some people right, can say I'm it was armed. a submission. Okay.
1: Yeah, 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 I got you. But got you, got you. that was. The <clears throat> I was trying to remember. <clears throat> Um, Yeah, I would like to see possibly the Arnold Allen and the Josh Emmett maybe for the interim title because you've already had Max and you've already had Yair. You've mixed it up in there. I mean, I guess you could say Josh Emmett and and Rodriguez for the interim title and Arnold Allen maybe fighting somebody like a Brian or Max on the same card in case someone falls off and you're ready to go. But regardless, I think there's a lot of stuff to happen in that weight class at 145 pounds. If Volk is going to go up to 155, just for the fight, even if it's just for one fight, that's still going to take some time. I don't know.
0: And I don't know.
1: Well, okay. This is my thought, though, John. Okay, go ahead Go ahead with your and thought. I, and, I, and I love me some Volkanovski. He's going to get fucking smashed. And when he gets smashed, he's going to need a little time off after that to, to get his wits back about him, come back in with the same type of confidence. And I and I think Volkanovski is a fucking dog. I love him in terms of the way he fights. I love every. His speed, his explosiveness, all that stuff. But I'm going to be honest, man. If this fight, when it, and I shouldn't say if, when this fight hits the ground against Islam Akachev, he's like, oh, I'm the hardest guy to hold down. I got short legs. Okay, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I don't care how, I I love that you are this way. I love the way he, he doesn't talk shit. He does it in respectful, nope. in a respectful way. But he makes it fun because I think it's maybe it's because of his accent. It's hilarious to me. But all I can think about when I see Volk talking trash to Islam is Oompa Loompas. <laughs> That's it. That's all I can think of. Oompa Loompas. <laughs> Oompa Loompas or the Wizard of Oz, the lollipop kids. Ah. That's all I think <laughs>
0: You have lost your fucking.
1: Mind. I I love Volkanovski. You have lost your mind. But did you see the two of them in the cage? You have Islam like way up here. You got Volk looking up, going, "Yeah, I'm going to take your title."
0: Yeah, we could bet. You saw? Did you see Hazbulah against Volkanovski? Did you see yeah. him not go no. in there, take him down, and take his yeah. belt? Same Destroyed thing him. that Frick and Volkanovski is going to do to Makachev. Yeah, Hazbulah
1: already has the answers. He
0: has the moves. See, well, gave away the game plan.
1: Uh, it he showed great. him what to do. It's gonna be, it's gonna be super easy. Oh, it's gonna be, man, stop. <laughs> no, to no, stop. I just think I you think he's to gonna need. I think he's gonna enjoy. That's a big fight, and so after that fight, it'll probably take. I'd say I know he likes to stay busy. I'd say you take about three months off. So you, those guys won't be able to fight for a title for until the, probably the end of summer next year.
0: Yeah, but if you, I want you to think about this because, like you're saying, Max Holloway is still number one. So how do you, how do you, it, you've already had Max against Yair. That's the the order. That right now they are in the rankings. And then Josh Emmett, right? I believe. Or Brian Mm Ortega. See, Brian Ortega is still above Josh Emmett. And you look and you go, all right. Can you put... You've already had Max Holloway against Yair. So, if you're going to go with your number one against number two, that's who you would put in that that interim belt. You don't want to do that. No. You would want to have to put the two guys that have not faced Volkanovski... In Josh Emmett and Yair Rodriguez, you would bypass both Max and Ortega. And so, okay, so you get that interim. What does it mean? What does it really mean? Does it change anything? Does it change your mind about the division?
1: Let's be honest, though. I'm going to throw this out there just because. Let's just say. Let's. Volk beats Islam. If if let I I don't think any way that it happens, but if it does, okay. does Volk could stay fifty five? Does he stay at fifty five?
0: I think he wants to be the champion of both. You know, he talks. You yeah. know, he you got the one thing you got to say is this is a guy that wants to fight, likes to fight, and does it at a high frequency. Okay, meaning you know he's he's every three months he wants to fight. That's four fights a year, so he wants. Mom. Could could he do two fights at one fifty five and two fights at one he could. He could. I'm not saying he's going to, but But doing could. the fights
1: at one fifty five is a different animal than doing the fights at one forty
0: five. Josh, I agree with you. You are yeah. absolutely right. For once you have come up with a right statement. I This I, is about a, two times today. But... Is it two times? Two times. <laughs> we'll have to figure out where that other one was. But now seriously. Yeah, it is. It's It's when I
1: said the media doesn't do their job. Go ahead, carry on. (laughs) (laughs) This is great.
0: Uh, But it's a matter of Volkanovsky deserves the opportunity to fight Makachev at lightweight. Even though Makachev just won it, you know, it's really Makachev you would like to see. Oh, he got rid of a bunch of guys at lightweight, and so there's no one else. And so take on the champ. It's a little bit different scenario. But being the fact that they they've got the show that's going to be in Australia in February, it makes sense. Makachev is you know called him out. Well, Khabib called him out. Really, Makachev just follows follows whatever Khabib has uh, planned out for him, and so that's fine. But I mean, it's a great fight. Could Makachev beat him? Yeah, absolutely. There's no doubt about it. He's a stud. Could Volkanovski win? Yes. You know he can. Yes, he can. I'm not saying he's going to, but yes, he yeah. can. I had, it's, it's, it's funny. I had Italian fans <laughs> saying, John, I can't believe you do not like Makachev. I go, well, where, where did that come from? I don't, I said, I have to at least give a show where I said, I only got a Homer on one side. The only guy he'll talk about <laughs> is Makachev. I got to talk about the other side. They go, Oh, you like Makachev? Of course I like Makachev. I think he's uh, fucking true. phenomenal, right? what's that i doing it john backpedaling right now yeah,
1: backpedaling.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's hysterical man if boy if you if you if you're gonna you gotta go one way that's it yeah yeah but that's
1: this is what this is the way people look at politics the same way like you have to be on one side oh yeah or you gotta I don't have to be all the way on side. one
0: side or all I, way on the other
1: i love volkanovsky i'm gonna just favor my boy islam that's okay you know, and that's the way this is gonna go until probably I'm done being friends with people. <laughs> like, but that's the way <laughs> it's gonna go. I think I think Volkanovski is a fantastic fighter. He's I, obviously the best right now in his 145 pound weight class. He's, he's the pound for longside. pound guy right now. Is he the pound for pound guy right now? Yeah. 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 Okay. So I mean, I, I would have thought Islam would have passed him up by now. Oh but, my god. <laughs> You know, I'm just, all I'm doing right now today, John, is my day to just you light just up a the pot. firestorm. I'm stirring Dude. the pot. I'm igniting this. I know the comments going to get blown up because we're going to get deep into some into some media stuff too later, and I'm going to have some fun with it. But uh, <laughs> anyways, but this can, this is a good. I think I think there should be an interim title. I think you're probably on the same page, or you're not.
0: I'm not. I'm not for the interim title. No, I don't, okay. no, I re, I'm really not. Not with the way. The way, What he's done in that division, Volkanovski, yes. as far as mm-hmm. there are two guys, yes, if you're going to put those two guys, all right, but I don't, I just, whoever's the interim champion doesn't mean yeah. anything.
1: So you're, you're, you're against the interim title, right? Because I'm going to make sure that everyone's clarified on this. You're against it because you know he's going to lose to Islam and he's going to come back down
0: to 145. Got it. Wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. Okay. There, yes, <laughs> just, that, 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 that's it. Yes. I just
1: wanted to clarify this make sure everyone understands what you're trying to say. He's going to lose to Islam. He's going to have to come back down to 45 and defend his title. Got
0: it. Not only am I going to get slammed for the opinion, I'm going to get slammed that <laughs> I let Josh put words in my mouth. <laughs> yes, I love this. All right, what's the next fight on this card? Uh,
2: no, well, we had uh, Max Griffin.
0: Griffin taking on Tim Means in the co-main event, back and forth battle. It was a split decision. I don't know which way you saw it. How did you see it going? Did you think had that Max. Max Griffin won? So did I. I
1: had Max. Yeah. It look in in no way was it a robbery. No way. And I thought it deserved to be a split decision. I could see how they would go both ways. It really depends on the judging on which angle they probably had yep. on how hard the strikes were landing or on how the the control on the ground was. All of those things. Which how how hard the knees. And whatever the clinch work was done against the fence from wherever the judge was sitting is the one that they saw the most probably, and uh, they ruled it in whatever favor they wanted to. So in this decision, I have no 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 problems with Max in the fight. I actually had Max in the fight, close, but, but I had Max you know, in the
0: fight. But we had talked about what Tim Means needed to do to be successful in this fight, and he did it. He re- you know, look, he got into the clinch with him. Mm-hmm. He he used all of those tools that he's good with in that dirty fighting as far as. You know, dirty boxing inside, big-time knees, all the stuff that brings all the elements that Max Griffin had to deal with. I thought Tim fought a very smart fight. I thought he he really looked good. He just, it was more of, and I hate to say this, it, you know, it crushes me to say it, just a little bit of better athlete, younger fighter, faster, and in the end, at length, was able to score some good shots. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah,
1: I agree. Max, he was the faster, more explosive fighter, which we knew he was going to be. He landed the harder, cleaner shots. <clears throat> he did some good stuff. He had a couple um exchanges on the ground that I was actually surprised how well he was doing. He did a great job of controlling the top position. He did get... uh I think he got reversed one time, but then he was able to work his way back up to right his back. feet, get back... Yeah, he did some good stuff, man. Yep. uh It was a close fight, but I had Max one in the fight, and I, I wouldn't have heard his thing. I wouldn't have cared if they would have given it to him means. No, like, but okay. Right, it's not a robbery
0: either way. Really, it's a matter of what angle you're getting as you're watching that fight, as from the yeah. judge's seat. I can understand it going, yep. and it's also what do you give more credit to? You know, everyone leans a certain way, and they have tendencies to say, "I give more to the volume," "I give more to the power," "I give more to a guy that's landing those big shots." Okay, it's yep. all good. I uh, you you can go right by the Jared Vandera versus Cortez Acosta fight. It was a. Uh, Bar and burner. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> uh, Cortez Acosta, he did a good job of just doing what he needed to do. He had the harder, cleaner shots. He was just someone that was able to, to control positioning everywhere on the fight. I mean, it was, it was one of those fights. Look, listen, I'm going to be honest, John. And I said, I said, I'm going to be honest quite a bit this beginning, this part of the show. The, the UFC card and the Bellator card, you were there at the Bellator card. Maybe it had a different energy inside the arena, but at home, watching it on TV, all, both fights, both cards were just neither shined but it was it was it, it was it was it was a long
0: night it's funny there was a lot of there was actually some good fights on the prelims for bellator that you know yeah no one's really watching or anything like that so yeah it happens but yeah, yeah neither one but there was yeah, yeah. some things that happened trasan gore against josh fram that was an interesting fight interesting mm-hmm. based upon you know josh is that long tall guy we saw trasan in the ultimate fighter show But the, you know, the show that, I mean, the the submission that they called this at the end, the guillotine choke, that was not a guillotine choke, Josh, Mm -hmm. because Josh Frem turned it from a guillotine choke into what we call an executioner choke. When you turn Mm -hmm. yourself around, you've got it in the position, that same choke as Tristan Gore had, and that's, it it is not a comfortable thing to have on, you know, he's going to have some neck issues for a while. That is what we call the executioner choke, and it did exactly that. It executed, <laughs> just friend, put him out. And so, very nice job by Treson Gore.
1: That it's a weird choke yeah. because I wouldn't it's think once you turn. Yeah, you go ahead. good.
0: There's a story you have behind that. You know, I had I had a fight one time. A guy was in north south position, and he's you know struggling to get the thing, and all of a sudden, you know. He let go with his, you know, his offhand and he posted up and all of a sudden he was on his knees and standing this guy up backwards and it was, oh, and it was then all of a sudden he tried actually standing all the way up with him. and The guy started tapping, right? And I stopped the fight and it was like, oh, crap. There, you know, it was just one of those positions that I you know, look at and all the time people say, well, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And, you know, knees to the head of a ground fight, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. I'm not Okay with the executioner <laughs> choke because i'm telling you someone's neck is going to end up getting seriously hurt and since i've had enough neck issues and have my neck you know jacked it's not a, it's it's a scary choke and it, it's legal and what everything that happened there and it was actually josh Frem that turned it into that because mm-hmm. he tried to turn himself out of the guillotine and you looked and you went oh my god not a smart move not a good move you know no no you know i'm not saying you know oh hey that was stupid it was he was trying to get out and it just ended up happening and man you look and you go it's a nasty nasty joke mm-hmm.
1: yeah I, I if i was a ref i probably would have shit myself <laughs>
0: <See> <laughs> you just somebody... about do because you're going oh god this is the one that's gonna this is gonna be the one. one oh that's trouble
1: especially if you haven't seen that position ever accomplished in a, in a real fight it's one thing to like see it like on wwe dave watches that shit all the time it happens all the time and you're like ah, they're working together okay but this is one of those situations where this is a real fight you don't know oh, yeah. how long that guy wants to hold out and try and and try and fight it and he's, he's doing more damage to himself than the oh, other yeah. guy really just holding it um we had a similar choke that we used to do from that position it was it wasn't from that position sorry it was from the back we'd get the hooks in the back right and then I would put my arm around in front of his yeah. neck, and I'd do that yeah, same yeah. executioner style. Executioner Yep. It. And then I would just do it that way. Or even if if the guy was able to kind of start to escape, I would just circle my feet around in front, and I'd hook over the top of his legs, almost like a dars, or like yeah. a um, and then I, but I'd still have the neck this way, so yeah. you are still sitting like hip to hip. Yeah, it, it's not, it's not, it's not the most pleasant position to be. Oh, it's in. horrible. Yeah, yeah. So, <sighs> um. Uh, yeah, just uh, I've caught people. I've caught people that way, in submission. I've never seen someone actually achieve it the way that this that uh, Gore did. Yeah, but uh, overall, the fight was the fight was uh, the fight was okay up until that moment. There was some ex- there was some exchanges back and forth. Gore was, you know, kind of trying to commit to the wrestling a little bit more, he was trying to show people that he had submissions, that he could wrestle, that he has, you know, that he. He was well-rounded, all these things. Uh, he said he hits that choke all the time in training. I, I wouldn't want to train with someone who hits that choke all the time in training. <laughs> no, <laughs> Just my that's personal it. opinion. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was a good win for him, so good good job on him. Uh, Khalil Roundtree versus Justin De- Jacoby. Good fight. I, I, good fight. I, I, saw, I saw that Eric uh, Nisik he came out and said that it was controversial. Dah, dah, yeah. The second round should have went to, to Roundtree. I don't think so, John.
0: No, the second okay. round went to Jacoby.
1: Yeah, no, no. Roundtree, I believe, said or not, Eric no, he said, said the third second. round. Oh, third round. Gotcha, third gotcha. Round. And okay. I'm not. Okay. I,
0: I, I don't agree with him. Right. Yeah, and I love, I love Eric Nixick, and I watched the fight. And uh, in fact, you know, my son did do that. My son was one of the judges on it, and he was, he was the split on that, giving it to Dustin Jacoby. Mm-hmm. And I looked at that fight, and it's really it was again. Here we go. Based upon, look at all the volume that Dustin Mm -hmm. Jacoby was touching Khalil Roundtree with, and he did. He hit him with a ton of volume, and he was the slicker fighter as far as just you know, just peppering the jab, doing the things to create these you know volume situations. And, And he, there's no doubt he hit Khalil, you know. Way more as far as touching than Khalil hit him. But when you look at the big shots, Khalil was throwing some fucking heat. At times, man, he was, he was, you know, going after putting Dustin Jacoby's lights out. Now he wasn't able to do it. And great job by Dustin in the fight. And I thought the fight was super close. And I understand why it was a split. I can understand people going both ways, but there was no way that you can sit there and say that someone got robbed in that. I don't no. see it. It again. No. People need to understand the judge themselves. They have only got one view. They Mm -hmm. get the angle that they're sitting at, you know, like a fan in the stadium, you're not going to see everything that happens and they don't. And sometimes they see something that they give more credit to than they should based Mm -hmm. upon the angle that they see it from. Or sometimes they don't give credit to something that they should because of the angle that they're sitting at. While the, the judge on the other side, they see it all. They see exactly, you know, how hard something hit or that it missed, and that's that's why they put the judges in those three spots. Mm-hmm. They're okay. The commissions are okay with a split decision based upon a fight like that. They look at it and go, "Absolutely, we totally understand. That's fine. That's good. You are all seeing a little bit different as far as yeah. what's occurring and what's landing." And so, I thought, you know, I thought both guys fought a great fight. I thought Khalil fought a very composed fight against a guy in dustin that was really creating some problems for him with you know just his movement and his pressure and volume attack and i thought dustin had the right game plan against khalil i thought what he was doing was the right thing it's just in the end two judges thought that khalil's was better and i can understand why
1: yeah it was uh like i said it was a close fight it was a split decision so look when when i see something like that and when i watch it and i see that there's a split and it was a close fight there's not really much to talk about it really comes down to however the judge however the judge was sat and his visual of the fight yeah um for round by round his perspective and angle is (laughs) going
0: to be different even than the corner you know that's that's watching it from their view
1: yeah. And not every judge has a monitor in front of them. That's one. And sometimes when they do have a monitor, it's like this, it's like a six by six monitor. Yeah. It's horrible. It's a tiny little six inch by six inch monitor. If that, I mean, like, can you imagine trying to like do work on that? Like, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> was, no, uh, especially,
0: not, especially with my eyes now.
1: <laughs> the, uh, Delizzi versus Phil Halls. I thought this was going to be a great fight. It was shaping up to be a great fight. There was some good exchanges. On the, uh, grappling a little bit there, Phil Hawes got up. Knee was obviously not in good shape. After oh. he had tweaked his knee on his own, he committed the <clears throat> the injury on his own. The way Deleuze was trying to like pull on the knee bar, get to the knee bar, but the way that Phil Haws was kind of trying to limp leg out, li- like, he, like exactly. a wrestler
0: would, exactly. And that <clears throat> was what caused him. He tried to turn, and that created the angle that Deleuze was able to put that pressure as he's trying to get out. So it, you know it kind of went both ways with it. You looked at it and you go I I understand what Phil Haas was trying to do. You know yeah. he just put in, he ended up putting himself in a position where the torque was too much for his joint to take and yeah. we you know we, we talked about it. Roman Deleuze is a good wrestler. He's he's a stud, but I was really impressed with his stand up, Josh. Mm-hmm. I thought yeah. he looked leaps and bounds better in the stand up, you know, and maybe that was just because him and Phil kind of, you know, their styles just connected, and and he he felt that flow that you sometimes will get where you, you you're facing a guy that's really good in stand up. You can never get to that, but I thought he looked really good, and and look at the the shots that ended this fight. You know, yeah, they they may have actually occurred based upon Haas not having good movement at that point, but man, they were sharp, they were accurate, and they were on point as far as I mean. Power, accuracy, timing, everything, beautifully done.
1: Yeah, I feel like Phil Hawes, his movement was definitely compromised. He wasn't moving laterally like he could have been or should have been. Um, And it opened him up for big shots. Now, I guess this goes into my next question, though, John. And it should be me trying to answer this, but I mean, realistically, I think every scenario is different when it comes to the fighter that's inside the cage. So we've seen some fighters... Fight through it like TJ Dillashaw when he fought uh Corey Sanhagen was able to get the win. He, he dug deep, was able to get through it. Phil Halls in this situation was got the loss and he got brutally knocked out. When does it become a situation where, look, man, just live to fight another day. You tore your knee. Just you you want to avoid this of getting knocked out like this. Yeah, this, because
0: this is this is a this is a double.
1: Yeah, this yeah. is this is double. Not only is your chin now. Uh, being checked and you've taken some some mileage off your chin. That's right. As well as now your knee is gonna take probably I'd say anywhere between say eight months to a year, eight months if you're lucky. You know, and um if, when when is when is it for you just to go, hey, when should I just stop? Let's just stop the fight so I don't get knocked out, brutally knocked out or <clears throat> or fight to where the point where my arm gets if I get submitted or something and I try to fight out of that. There's a lot of different scenarios. Yeah, when yeah, it up is enough enough?
0: But I think I think it's exactly what you're saying. Is and, and look, every injury is different. And when I say every injury is different, I've t- I have popped my knee when I I felt it pop. I heard it pow right, and it was like, and I stood up and I'm like, ah, eh, maybe it was just scar tissue, right? And I'm moving around and it's not a whole lot of pain, not a, you know not a big thing. And then I've torn my knee where it was like I took a step and it was like god damn couldn't couldn't hold my weight. Every injury is different, you know that. Mm -hmm. And I think when you are the fighter in the cage and as soon as you get up and it's exactly what you said, Phil Haas could move in a linear fashion. He could move forward and he could move back because that doesn't put pressure on that knee and it doesn't create where now that the ligaments are not there to support it, you don't get the instability. But as soon as you start going laterally and you don't have your you know ligaments in place all of a sudden your knee starts to do that shift and you can feel it and once you realize i a hey, i cannot laterally move in this fight i'm not going to be able to shoot a shot this guy's a good wrestler you know and you say i'm gonna i'm a sitting sitting duck with your knee i i, I say you're smart to say i'm hurt i can't go yeah. on okay you know
1: yeah, I wrestled with a kid in college and uh, he was both years two time national champion, jun- junior college. He had torn his knee out. Yeah. And he had up wrestling the rest of the tournament and winning national championships. And same it thing do it. I believe I believe Spencer Lee from Iowa, a young kid as well. His freshman year, he won the national championship and he, he had a torn ACL during the national championship as well. So it's I some people though, I've seen them tear it and right away they fall, grab their knee, they can't walk, they yep. carry it out. I've seen some others that just the pain's just different yeah. I like, don't oh, no. like it hurt sure but I was able to keep yeah. going I'm like wow very impressive yeah is there is there any other fights on this car that you really wanted to get into
0: uh I was I was impressed by the uh Jung young Park fight against Joseph Holmes I thought Park okay. Park looked good it was a nice win against Joseph Holmes you got to give it up for uh, Steve Garcia over Chase Hooper we were kind of commenting that Hooper looked like, you know, what he's—he's he's getting a little bit, you know, he's filling out a little bit, looking a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's, John, there's some, let's get into him real go. quick. Go ahead, let's That's get into what, him. That was the whole point. What,
1: what, what do we do with him? If you're the UFC, what do you do with him? He's talented. He's good. He's just not mature yet. His body's not That's physically mature thing. to deal with the bigger kids, bigger guys. Uh, what is it? What do you do with him? He's 20, 23 years old. He's a baby.
0: Yes. It's okay. See, and this is where you look and you go, it's okay to let him go someplace else and take fights against guys that are young like him, young in their yeah. career, and let him just fill out. Let him get some confidence back in you know his abilities and what he can do well. Let him go against people that are of the level that they're not going to be, look, and when I say this in, in no disrespect, but they're not going to be knocking the shit out of him and yeah. and shortening a career that is only at a very young point being that he's 23. I I look at it and say, "Hey, man, you know what? We want to have you around, but we want you to go be able to perform and get some wins and start to just improve in all the areas that you need to improve in. So go get about, you know, 5 6 wins and, you know, I'll be on the phone calling you back." telling you hey we want you back but i want you to get not only that confidence back i want you to get the experience and i want you to have the time to grow grow as a fighter grow as a man fill out and then we'll have you right back i look at him at uh, a 6'1
1: 145 pounds you need to be with one of you need to start working with some of the best stand-up guys your stand-up is trash yeah. And no one's gonna sit here and 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 look. I'm, and I know I'm being harsh. Yes. But the the reality is, is, that in times in times like this, you're 23 years old. You can handle someone getting on you a little bit. You need to. You need to understand that you have so much talent. Chase Hooper does. He's good on the ground. He's he's got he's got the fight in him. It's he's proven that time and time it's again. T- he's tough. taken some. He has taken some big shots, John. But he's you can only do tough. that for so long. Exactly. Get with somebody who is a good stand up artist. It's a good stand up coach and they could really work with you and not just any coach. You need someone that is very comfortable teaching you the knees, the elbows, the push kicks, using that reach and that range to your advantage. Working with a really good Muay Thai guy, someone that teaches you how to use your tip kick, how to use your push kick up the, up the middle, how to use your jab. Like you got to find some in there with the knees and the elbows. You need to work with somebody. To get you into that type of training on the feet because you want to make them so uncomfortable when you fight somebody that they want to take you down, that they want. They want to get you to the, the to the ground. That's the kind of fight, that's the kind of coach that you're looking for. Yeah. I don't know who you're working with in terms of your stand up. Your grappling is fantastic, but your wrestling is also garbage, you know, so you need to find it. You need to find a. am being honest, John, and, and I know it sucks. I, I actually really like the kid. I think he's a fantastic fighter. He's tough. He's got all these things that he does very well, but you just you need to but work on his weaknesses
0: on the, his... become glaring when he's facing a specific level of opponent. Yeah, and that's just as you go on in your career, if if it's going in the direction you, it's it only gets worse. Mm-hmm. You know, these people only get better, and those glaring weaknesses end up shining more and more, and give more and more opportunity mm-hmm. to your opponent that you can't overcome that difference. You've got Mm -hmm. to take the time to go make those weaknesses, maybe not a strength, but at least something that is not going to put you in a position where you can't deal with what's happening in the fight.
1: So I I look at somebody like him, work with someone who works on the stand-up and the knees and the elbows and the push kicks and all that stuff. But then I also look at you need to get a little bit of wrestling. But if your stand-up's good enough, they'll potentially try to take you down on their own, which is good. So just work on the stand-up. Now that being said as well, you are he is so long and lanky. I don't know what he needs to do, but he should, I would I would think that he would need to work with someone like a Gordon Ryan. You work with someone with really good leg locks, use your legs um as an advantage for submissions and leg locks, that type of stuff. His length will be a big threat when it comes to the leg lock positioning. So if someone takes you down, and the, you, you can keep them away from you and able yeah. to strike you or punch you or any of that stuff with leg locks. You can also use those leg locks to get to the sweep position. That length plays a huge advantage on the ground when you have, when you have good leg lock position and able to get back to the top. So try to utilize that as much as you possibly can. Get with someone like a Gordon Ryan who is fantastic on the ground, who's fantastic. Obviously the best right now in the world on the ground, but someone who no utilizes his leg locks to get to the top position or utilizes his leg locks to sweep you. I think in that position, Chase Hooper should be looking for so those kind of coaches to be around. So I don't know where he's going to get it or how, but those are just my recommendations for him. Yeah. Uh, next fight. I wanted get, to give you, a little... Go
0: ahead. You got to go to that first fight, Christian Rodriguez against Joshua Weems. You know, obviously first fight of the night, it was only in the first round, but it was... It, that was a good little battle between the two
1: yeah. yeah honestly i was i was like that this fight had me going for the rest of the court i was like okay look th- the rest was this is gonna be good this next mm-hmm. one's gonna be good they didn't live up to the <laughs> didn't live <laughs> up to it but this rodriguez looked good with the on the feet on the stand-up was sticking land very patient stayed composed wasn't overextending himself had some great combinations uh on the feet and then weems he was mixing it up really well in terms of trying to utilize some of the grappling using using his footwork to stick and move. It was a good fight. They were throwing clean combinations. They were back and forth a little bit in some exchanges. Um just Rodriguez was able to catch him in the in the in the choke and it was it was I wouldn't say it was even really set up all that well. Just Weems left himself in a position where he thought he was comfortable and then the choke got slapped on real fast. And by then it was too late. It was like, okay, now I'm stuck. And then he realized it was getting tighter. And they had fought at a pretty good pace in that first round. They had fought at a pretty good pace, so you could tell he was breathing a little heavy. But it was a good fight. If I went back, if you go back and watch that fight, it was action packed from beginning to end. Had a little bit of everything: some wrestling, some some uh, some good footwork, some good striking, and back and forth. It was a fun fight. So if you guys are watching, I thought it was one of the best fights on the, of the night, to be honest. So, all right. Well, hey, that's going to wrap up our UFC fight night. Would you say it was? 62, 63, 63. 63. All right. Sounds exciting. <laughs> all right. Bellator 287 out of Piccolati versus, how do you say, Barnawi?
0: Barnawi. Barnawi. Mansour Barnawi.
1: Go ahead, John. You were there. I'm going to let you talk this whole card through. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh,
0: let's be honest. Uh, Barnawi was brought in because obviously they felt that they had something there. This is a guy that had not fought. And it was the real question going into this fight. He hadn't fought in three years. He's young. You know, he is 30 years of age. He had won the Road FC million dollar tournament. Uh, like we, we had said before, look, his losses are only to studs. And his losses are to Islam Makachev. Yeah. Uh, who was the other two? Mateus Gamro. Gamro. Uh, Boshinger and um kevin lee and kevin lee yeah. jesus B-
1: bushinger i've never heard of buchinger bushinger is bushinger. good. good 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 fighter huh? yeah
0: very talented um jeez, man. but you know you you look at this uh this whole thing 39 and 8 is what bushinger is jeez Piccolotti coming into this, you know, I, in fact, you know, his coaches are, you know, when we do the fighter interviews, I'm talking to Adam and I'm saying, hey, have you, what you know, how much tape have you watched on this guy, right? And he had said he'd watched just, you know, uh, one, he watched just a little bit, but his coaches had watched a bunch and stuff. And, you know, going into it, I looked at it and I said, you know, Adam needs to, utilize what he's best at because you know to sit there and say that he's going to do well on the feet against Barnaby I was looking as they were standing next to each other at the weigh-ins Josh and and their their hands are right at the same level they're, they're you know, they got their fists you know closed as, as their arms are hanging and Barnaby's shoulder is that much higher on each side mm. than than Piccolotti's, and I'm going oh my god it's got to be close to a 10 inch reach difference here you know, it just depends on the, the width of the back, but the arms themselves, you're looking, you're going, oh man, that is a huge difference as far as that. And that's going to, you know, on the outside, I thought Adam's got a real problem. If he's, if he is in the standup, he cannot be at range. He's got to get it into boxing range to take away a lot of the kicks that we yeah. uses. He likes that, you know, front teep up the middle and he's very good with it so yeah. it's either boxing range for him or on the ground and and right away Piccolotti came out and he put it on the ground and that's look at that's a smart move that's leading to his strength and barna has got say the sweep that he uses some people are going to call it it's a daily it's not the way he uses it and the way he sets it up and it, <sighs> and you know look you know adam Piccolotti. Could is a good solid black he's a really player. good grappler yeah he's a good grappler he knows what he's doing and all of a sudden when i saw him all of a sudden he's getting light and you can see he's having a problem his arms trapped now and you go oh my god he's he is going to get swept and he goes over and as soon as that happened i went this night is not going to go well for adam yeah you know, and it's just you know there's levels to everything and adam is a, a dynamite fighter i like adam Piccolotti. i think he is tough as hell I think he had too much going on in the background. And when I say that, you know, that's not making an excuse for him. When you have a young child and they have, you know, he was traveling from his training sessions to the NICU because he had, you know, a young son who was having problems breathing. And no matter what, that weighs on you. And, and this is where we talk about fighting is a very, uh, it's it's a, it's an intensive and very singular activity. You have got to be someone who is focused on you and everything that you're doing at the time. And when that goes outside and when you become a father, you know, we've seen you know fighters all the time, it changes you. It changes who you are because your priorities change. And when you have a, a young son who is in you know, the NICU having problems you know with health issues at the time, I figured, you know, man, it's got to be on his mind. Even being here in Milan, Italy, you know, what's he thinking about? He's, you know, and, and his son is, is good. He was getting out of the hospital and everything. So everything was good news for him. But I just looked at it and I was a man, there's just too many things that you're looking at that this is not, you know, the right time for Adam Piccolotti in this situation. It was his first main event, his first five round fight. That's another thing for him to think about as far as, you know, I, I got to, you know, I got to sustain myself in this. He was in shape. He looked good. He's just facing a guy that, although people don't know who he is, this dude is a stud. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It, look, fighters deal with a lot of things outside of the cage. And there's a an part of life. Just out, I know. And, and I'm really good friends with Adam Piccolotti. Used to train him. Used to work with him a lot. He was one of my main sparring partners for many years. I've known him I think since he was like 14 years old. He used to come in AK with Raul Castillo and a lot of the and some of the other guys uh, out of Raul's gym. Fantastic fantastic grappler. Um but as he's gotten older, he's letting all he's let all the other outside things kind of get and hinder what he's doing in terms of training. He's had a long-time wife, you know, a girlfriend but now is his wife and same thing with, you know, having a baby. These are all things and Then look, life life gets in the way. Yep, But as a fighter, you can't allow it to get in the way. You have to be very selfish. People have talked about this. And I'm not just talking about Adam. I'm talking about every fighter. Every time something has come up, fighters have, whether you had a kid, whether there's some health issues going on whether with your wife or your family or whatever, life gets in the way. Soccer programs, uh, wrestling programs, you know, all these things. I admire people that can have three or four kids as a fighter. And I'm like, damn, how in the fuck would you, how do you guys do it? You know, and you're going to find that those are the fighters that have to be so dedicated to what they're doing. Just nothing is more important than what is in front of them and reaching their goals. And the wife is extremely a hundred percent supportive. Yeah. Adam's wife is the same exact way. She allows all that, but she's not allows, but she, she supports all of supports that, I should it, yeah. say. But it comes down to it's, it's extremely hard, John. I talked to Frankie Egger about this a couple times. Same with Benson Henderson. It's hard sometimes to leave the house. Yeah. Oh, you've got kids that are like, oh, you got to go to the gym again. Oh, let's play catch. Let's, you know, you're going to miss my, you're going to miss my soccer game or you're going to miss my practice. You're going to miss my wrestling match. Yes. you have to say, yes, I'm going to miss those things. And that wears on you emotionally. It wears on you a lot. For him to be going through something like this, come out there, come to another country, have a fight. It says a lot about his character, but it also, it also lets you know that outside life can get in the way at any time. Yeah. And you got to be prepared for that. And it's hard to deal with. It's never easy. Now, I'm not going to take anything from Bonawee, but he looks good. He looks, he, he has the look to him. He, like you said, his only losses are to top guys that are in the top of the weight class right now Islam, Gamrot, you know, other fighters. And so other fighters that are all very talented. Let's just see what happens with him. Does he want to get into that 155-pound title match uh, tournament next year? There's probably going to be some room there for him now,
0: if that's the case. Uh,
1: He just had a very dominant
0: performance. I can tell you this. In talking with him, Yoki, and when I say talking with him, I'm talking through an interpreter because he speaks French, and I do not. But (laughs) I'll tell you, he is pissed about that Islam Makhachev. He he feels he got fucked. Mm. And if you go back and watch it, I'm telling you, it's an impressive performance by Barnawi. Uh, there's some things going on in that you can look at it and go, that ain't right. I w- actually mm. had a I had a judge sit there and watch it. He goes, "What the fuck is that?" Mm. It's close. And the one thing he said, he goes, I, "I'm here because I, I'm the Nirmala Medoff hunter." He goes, "I want yeah, the wow. Nirmala Medoffs." He oh. says, "I'm here because I want Uzman Nirmala Medoff." Mm. So, look, I said. That's not a good name to hunt. I'm <laughs> just being honest. That's what I told him. That's not a good name to hunt. He goes, well, that's why I'm here. And I said, okay. Yeah, so we're going to see.
1: Wow. Interesting. Yeah. It makes for some exciting stuff. You know, um, the lead up and the build up for it all. All right, what's the next fight on this card?
0: All right, we had Charlie Ward against Fabian Edwards. and you know, I, First up, I love Charlie Ward. I, Charlie Ward should have been part of MMA back when I started, <laughs> he's, he's that guy. He would have been like he's a Tank Abbott type of character. He is, but he doesn't talk trash. He just is, you know I'm gonna fucking knock your fucking block off. You know? I love I love Charlie. I told you, you know, my favorite. He gave me one of the greatest lines I'd ever heard mm. when he, I first met him. You know, and I went up and you know where he comes to me and I'm, I shake his hand. He says, "John, big John McCarthy." He says. God, I want to tell you I love you, man. You're a great guy. And I don't even fucking like myself. <laughs> I was like, uh, I love that one. I, you know, the, the what I want to put out here, look, like, it was clear that Charlie fucking trained for this. You know, <sighs> toughness he's got, no doubt about it. But, you know, Fabian Edwards as far as athlete and everything, Fabian's, you know, we're talking about there's a difference in the athletic ability of both charlie took some big shots he hang in, hung in there he got himself out of some bad positions and, and powered his way through it and when you look at the way that he did it you go okay that just took about a quarter of a gas quarter of a tank of gas right there and he still hung in there i give him nothing but credit i thought that his loss looked better than fabian edwards win. You know, I'm just
1: oh, Absolutely. Yeah.
0: And so, uh, you know, Fabian gets the win. But if you're Fabian Edwards in this situation, you got to finish this guy. You got to put him out. This is, you know, you're going to say that you're part of being one of the best middleweights in the world. You know, although Charlie just dog tough and, you know, is going to definitely try to punch a hole in your head. These, this, these are the fights where if you're that guy that's sitting at number two you got to put him away and he wasn't able to do that so and you could tell at the end Fabian Edwards you know you know he was not happy with his performance he was not you know the fact that he couldn't do it you know it says that he he knows that hey I got things to work on things I got to do but you know I look at it and it's like there was a fight you know earlier on in the, in the uh in the night Costello Van Stinas against Camille Onestuk mm-hmm. and you look at the performance that Van Stienis, who has a win over Fabian Edwards put on, Look, at I'm telling you right now that that's a shift right there. And that could definitely, you know, be where you just got passed up by a guy that they had, they had put on the prelims, which I didn't understand. But Costello Van has come coming back after two years because of injuries, you know, putting himself right back in. And I'm telling you, right. Camille on a stroke. We'll, we'll get into that. He's a good fighter. You know, that right there if you're fabian edwards and you're giving these opportunities you gotta shine you gotta shine
1: i'm gonna ditto everything you just said um but i'm gonna also go back to charlie ward dude peaky blinders he should have been yeah. fucking casted on that he should have <laughs> been casted a- on oh peaky he should up man he's so Fuck, good he would have been fucking brilliant on that show Fucking. anyways he's a fantastic guy he's somebody i don't want on my bad side probably if i lived in ireland i would don't be close to him as a friend um (laughs) he's awesome but he's also like you said a no-nonsense guy he's fun he's he's very uh he likes to kind of his he's got a dry personality when it comes to his comedy you know but uh but he's definitely a nice guy extremely nice at least he's always been nice to me uh big fan of his But in this level of, when we're talking about this level of fight where you have someone who's ranked number two and you have Charlie Ward who just fell out of the rankings, um, he's, your job is to put him away. Your job is to finish him, whether it's with striking, whether it's from mounts and control. And, Mm -hmm. and it's not like Charlie Ward is a black belt in jiu-jitsu on the ground. You know, he's hard to take down, but he's not hard to really hold down. He's, you know, he's been able to be controlled on the ground. He, I loved what Charlie was talking all the shit in the end of that third round saying, "What well, you're fucking number two in the world. And here yeah. you are fucking can't finish me like that. You're just going to decision like he's antagonizing him to get him to do more so he can either escape or opening. make a mistake. Yeah, sure. get an opening. But I'm going to agree with you, John. I don't see how you don't put Van Steenis up there above Fabian Edwards. And you and potentially why don't you have Gegard and Fabian fight and you have Johnny Eblin fight Costello Vastinus, maybe one more fight for Costello so he gets comes back. It's been two years off and he had a great yep. performance in this fight, but there was some little things that I could see his timing was off a tiny bit. You don't want to have your timing your timing off at all if you're fighting someone like Johnny Eblin who is fast. He's explosive in the wrestling area. He's he's got his hands have come a long way. He's mixing up his boxing with his kickboxing. He did a great job when he fought Gegard. And I know that uh, Vancinas is on Johnny Eblen's radar based on the fact that he's fought Gegard Musasi, who is his teammate or his head coach or whatever it is. They train together, and that's an understanding. Like oh, you beat Gegard, okay. Well, now it's going to be my turn for me to beat you. So I'm sure that Johnny's kept him in his sights. You know, uh, said when for when he returned, now he's returned. And he came back with a beautiful finish. I'm looking at Fabian going. I, I don't, I don't either. It's guard Well, I, I don't know, you know, or right, what the fuck is going with Anatoly Tokov? I'm getting tired. What in Russia. the hell is going oh, on, man? man.
0: Yeah, trust me, I know that
1: guy. Thirty-one and two, and just yep. can't seem to fucking. He can't fight. buy a
0: title fight. Jesus. You talk about it, the Marvin Hagler of yeah. MMA. It's Anatoly Tokov because this guy's got a phenomenal record. He's got big mm-hmm. wins against good fighters, not one title fight. Not mm-hmm. one. Crazy. Uh got to talk about Tim Wilde against Saul Rogers. You know Tim Wilde made that choice uh, a couple years back to switch gyms, you know. He was uh with, you know, guys that he started with, guys that were friends of his but just was not improving and making the steps that he needed to. He went to Renegade. He's with Leon Edwards. He loves Leon Edwards. And Leon Edwards has done great things for Tim Wilde because Tim Wilde is fighting really well now. Mm -hmm. His stand-up and his footwork is beautiful. He's much harder to take down. He was not that difficult to take down earlier on. He is a load to take down. He's a load to hold on to now. We know how strong Sal Rogers is. And Tim Wilde put on a beautiful performance. I thought he liked luck. I think I had him losing the first round and then he came back came on, won the second, won the third, you know, really pieced Sal Rogers up on the feet. And when Sal got a little bit tired and made a difference in the fight, you know. Tim Wilde's been he, I, he's one of those guys that people are never gonna give credit to as far as how good of a fighter he is now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's someone that sticks and
1: moves. He's got good combinations. He throws punches and bunches. His, uh, he has that bounce in his step. Doesn't look like he has power behind anything, but he throws combinations. Like I just said, he throws threes and four punch combinations, yep. mixes in with the kicks. He's no slouch off the, off of his back either. He's got good jujitsu. It's not great jujitsu, but it's good. Good. And he's got good top pressure when he does get a takedown. If he mixes it in, he's a well-rounded MMA fighter. Yep. Do I think he's going to be champion one day? I don't know. But do I think he has all the little tools to be very annoying to those top-level fighters? Absolutely. And in this situation, you have someone like Saul Rogers, who came from, who won the uh,
0: the Ultimate Fighter? Well, he didn't win it. He won all of his fights in it, and then Visa problems, so he couldn't go to the finals. Yeah, he couldn't so go to Ryan, the finals. So Ryan Hall, a guy that he had beaten in the Ultimate Fighter, took his place and beat Artem Lobov.
1: Got it. So we all know he would have beat Arnold. Yeah. So he would have, yeah. But Saul Rogers, dominant performances at 145, started putting on too much muscle, ended up going up to 55. He's had mixed results at 55. He's um. He just needs to work on his stand-up. He needs to be more comfortable on the feet. He's not quite there yet. It's too predictable. And yeah. He People understand what he wants to do. He wants to get yeah. to the top position. He wants to lay some vicious ground-up pound. He's got good ground-up pound when he gets to the top, but he's had problems getting people to the ground. You know, and when, he's, when he hits a Bellator. Well, so, based, based upon
0: you take a look, you know, he's throwing he's throwing a one-two. He, throw, he, he, he throws the lazy jab out to try to set up a big overhand right, which gets him in, and he's able to, you know, get his hands on people. You looked at, you know, Tim Wilde did the right thing right off the start. He's circling off to his right, you know, taking power away from that big hand and knowing, oh, this is when you're going to try to take me down. You've got to create more situations and more problems for your opponents so they can't just predict, well, This is where you're going to be.
1: Yeah. The leading positions for getting takedowns is getting you to engage back. And once you engage back is when my opportunity presents itself to get the takedown. It's hard to get a takedown when they know you're just going to throw one, two, or just one and then shoot or one, two, and then shoot. They're expecting that. You've got to get them to actually throw something back. You've got to land a shot before you can shoot that takedown. So either they're stunned or they get hit and they go to retaliate and they leave themselves open. There's those; those are the two ways of getting getting deep in on a takedown. Finishing it is up to you. The wrestling doesn't start until you get in there. So it's up
0: to them. What? Oh. Well, right, like next. we, Justin Gonzalez against Andrew Fisher. The, you know, I'm looking at this. Andrew Fisher's got a ton of experience. Very knowledgeable fighter. Just did not have the speed and the ability to stay with Justin. But if you're Justin, you've got to do the things to finish this fight. These are the opportunities that are there when you look and you've got a guy that is that tough, that good, you know, as far as knowing what to do. You've got to find the ways to make it to where he can't stay in the fight with you. But it was a good win by Justin Gonzalez. Very, very dominant win. A very good performance coming off of his fight with Kai Kamaka. So, Justin Gonzalez... You know, 14 and one now as a professional has only lost to Aaron Pico, which was a barn burner of a fight. Uh, He just he just solidified himself in that featherweight. I think, you know, he's going to move up in the rankings from this.
1: John, I'm going to I'm going to criticize him just like I criticize Fabian Edwards. You guys need to finish these guys. That's it. Nothing against nothing against Fisher. Nothing against Charlie Ward. Love the guys. I think they're both fun fighters to watch. But the bottom line is you guys are both ranked. You guys are both highly ranked. And you guys should both be finishing these type of fights. You cannot drag these fights out. Don't give these fighters opportunities to finish you. Finish them. Get them out of there. Move on to the next one. Also, if I'm if I'm the promoter and I'm the promotion, I'm thinking to myself, I'm trying to sign people that are killers. I'm trying to sign people that are. That are trying to get these fights. It's Trying to get these fighters out of here. I'm trying to get people that are trying to take these other kids heads off. There's no room for me to leave this in question of the judges. Always trying to finish the fight. Submissions, ground and pound, knockouts on the feet. Whatever it is. You want to start getting to that title shot. You got to start showing that you're interested in finishing the fighter. doesn't matter where you're at. You got to try to finish this fight. I put Justin right there. Justin I think is very well rounded. He's one of the most well-rounded fighters we have on the roster. Good wrestling, good submissions. Getting a lot better on the stand-up. He's a fun fighter to watch. Got great cardio. He should have been trying to break Fisher from beginning to end. Try to bully him around. Try to utilize his wrestling. All of those things. He didn't do it. He stood his distance. Pot shot at him. A couple little mix-ups here and there, but that was about it. He had a dominant performance, John, but yeah. not the level in which which I would like to see from someone like him. Someone who is what thirteen and one. What's his record? One, no. Fourteen, now, and, one, 14 now. and one, yeah, fourteen and one. No, I want to see something. I want to see a finish. Yeah. Your one loss to Pico was you got out wrestled and you got you got hit with some clean shots on the feet, but you got out wrestled. The do- he mixed it up so well on you, and you have all the ability to do the same thing that Aaron Pico did to you. To everybody, he has that ability. He didn't do it, and he should have done it. He could have got that fighter out of there. Next,
0: Daniela Scotese against David Gagnon. Very good, impressive performance by Scotese. But I want to talk about Costello Van Stinas against Camille Honestruck. Look, this fight. On, in watching Honestruck before, this he was nine and one going into this fight. He was mouthing to Van Stinas, talking about, you know, how he was going to fucking take him out of this. A little pushing things during the weigh ins and stuff like that. But he is a very awkward fighter. He's got a lot of power. He's physically strong. But you talk about this fight, Josh. The very first thing you saw, Vansinas came out. He lands that low calf kick. He landed it twice. And Anastruk's shin looked like Roy McDonald's against Lima's right away. You could see the damage right away, and you could see the effect that that low calf kick had. And then you watched an intelligent fighter in Vansinas go, oh, yeah, and go back to it and back to it and back to it. And it made the difference in the fight. It really did. Uh One tech.
1: Yeah, when you can't push off that foot, when you can't it's hard to put any weight on that front foot, it just becomes target practice. And that that calf kick has changed the game. A lot of fighters just haven't figured out how to how to stop that calf kick. If you if you guys haven't figured it out yet, take a look at what Charles Oliveira does. But it's hard for fighters to fight that way. They don't feel comfortable because they don't have the the jiu-jitsu that Charles Oliveira has. So they're like, shit, I can't fight that way. I'm going to get taken down, put on my back and put my, put get... one leg where? Yeah, exactly. You're like what? You want my leg to come up that high? In the air? No. no, 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 no. I'm not doing that. So I understand, but that's, that seems to be the remedy to stop that calf kick until your, until your grappling becomes better. you're You're going to be stuck. Accepting those calf kicks and a lot of fighters that have that wide stance. You know, you saw yeah. Conor McGregor from a long time ago had the wide stance, and then the calf kick came along. He, he kind of did everything he needed to do before, beforehand, and it, and it until the calf kick came along, the game's going to change. His wide stance is not going to work when he decides to come back, yeah. and it wasn't working. You know, yeah. and so then you got. I've seen I've seen other guys, Henry Cejudo, when he comes back, will his wide stance be as effective with that calf kick? You know, Patricio Pitbull, he uses it randomly, and then he he takes it away randomly. It, it depends on, yeah. I think, who he's fighting and and who he has to engage with. Those are those are all quest- I guess, questions to be answered, like in terms of how, how guys are going to start remedying that that calf kick. But Vancinas looked fantastic. I was concerned that he'd have a little be like a little gun shy because of the knee. It's been two years away, but when we saw him last time in Dublin. He said he was back training. He said he's still kind of taking it easy, but he's like, when I come back, I want to make sure that I'm 100% ready to make a run for the title. Yep. And that was a very impressive performance. He dominated the fight from beginning to end. And I, what I love about him is what I just said that Justin Gonzalez and Fabian Edwards need, he has. He's not letting these guys go the distance. Yeah. He's always trying to finish the fight, even if it cost him winning the fight. He's someone that will leave himself out of position. He lets it all hang out with the John with the John Salter fight. He rocked John Salter, I think, in the third round. Had John Salter off first? He had John in a lot of trouble, but he over over committed on some things and got taken down, and that's what ended up losing him the fight. He got stuck on the bottom; he couldn't get up. He had John Salter in a lot of trouble. He's someone that will chase and get and try to really get in your grill and try to finish the fight. That's Those are the kind of guys that you're looking for. You want fucking killers out there that are like, look, I don't care if I'm up by, by two rounds. I'm trying to get you the fuck out of here. You know, I don't get paid by the minute. That's the bottom line. You don't get paid by the minute. I'm trying to get you out of here. If it's 30 seconds, great. If it's not, then hey, I got to do a little bit more work, but I'm still trying to get you out of here. Even with one minute left in the fight, I'm trying to get you out of here. Not everyone thinks that way. And those are the kind of fighters that if you're a promoter, you're trying to sign.
0: That's true. Alfie Davis took on Theobold Goody. Yeah, I, lo- I like this fight for one, one thing, and mm-hmm. I love that Goody knew I have to pressure him, and he did, man. He was just coming forward tough as hell the entire time, and I love the fact that Alfie Davis did not get flustered by it, used good footwork, and went to that damn body kick like I talked mm-hmm. when he gets in that southpaw position. That kick to the liver that he has is beautiful. He's got great kicks everywhere. But this was a, a perfect demonstration of two guys and what they had, they used. They, you know, the good he used that pressure and that toughness of getting inside of the kicks, and Alfie Davis using his movement to create that space so he could land those. I really enjoyed the back and forth as far as the gamesmanship in this uh, tough fight. Good win by Alfie Davis. I thought he'd look great. You okay? All right. Uh, Penko against Marcanetto. Bad decision by the judges. Marconetto definitely won that fight. That's all I'm going to say with that. Eve Landu, very fun fighter from my fans. favorite fighters. Love that kid. And it was very nice to see, Josh, if you, I don't know if you, you were looking, he fought at Featherweight. He was not at Lightweight. He fought at Featherweight. We had talked to him about that. And normally I don't tell anyone to go down. Even, and in this, Walter Cagliandro was way bigger yeah. than he's. And he just put on a beautiful performance. He, yep. he just pieced Cagliandro up throughout it on the feet, on the ground. Just beautifully done. Landu's fun really nice to watch. To oh, he's God. a guy, he, he's, he's always trying.
1: He's always trying to finish the fight. He's chasing submissions, he's throwing the liver kicks, does he's crazy throwing the head things. kicks. Does crazy stuff. He can break dance like a son of a bitch. Yep. Like he, he he's a fun fighter to watch. Like if you are not going to try to like he's always trying to get the finish. But even when he's not trying to get the finish, he's making it entertaining for the people at home. This is the entertainment business at the end of the day. Entertainment business means he usually equals finish trying to finish a fight or being flashy. And he's a little bit of both. He brings the energy every time he steps in that cage. Really sad that he was on the prelims. What the fuck?
0: Anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Simon Beyond getting a very nice win against Zubko. Uh, Just... Better athlete, stronger, everything. Go on to the next one. Uh, Nico Soli had a very tough fight against yep. Kamara. And you look, boy, you talk about Josh. I don't think I've ever seen skinnier. You, you want to calf kick someone? You got to calf kick Kamara because he, <laughs> he, he's got freaking stilts. Oh. It's amazing. Luke Trainer coming off a very nice comeback. That was a great performance. i real quick with the rear naked choke. Stephen Hill coming into the belt for the first time undefeated. Very good grappling, showed the control against a tough guy and Fousey who just doesn't didn't want to get put away. And it's tough when you're fighting someone that they're, they just become defensive throughout the fight. But the guy that I really want to talk about is the one that you're going to see a lot of. Coming off, going against Jose Maria Tome, that body kick yeah. was beautiful. And you saw the reaction and you got hit. It was like, okay, uh, no, and I'm going down. And that's what a good liver kick will do to you. That was a really nice job by someone who is undefeated now, I think at 14-0 now, by yeah. Kamadov.
1: Yeah, he looked impressive. He looked good. So I'm looking forward to seeing him fight. I'm looking forward to being part of one of his fights Uh, next time he fights. It'll be interesting to see where he goes. What is he at, Bantamweight? Bantamweight. That's a stacked division. Oh, yeah. The, the,
0: the, but he's a good addition. That guy can yeah. fight. He's got great wrestling. For. And his stand-up is there, so... Really nice to
1: see. Superstats better watch out. Superstats. <laughs> People coming for him. You got Magomed, Magomedov. You got superstats. And hey, I have a question though. We're talking real quick about the Banner division. Did you see the, the Piotr Jan saying that he wants to leave the UFC? Yes. Are yeah. we going to talk about that mm-hmm. later, Dave?
2: Well, so I didn't put it on there because I, um, I never saw where Peter Jan said it. Um, uh-huh. I saw that, I saw that. Um, oh, no. He, well, his, his
0: was more like, uh, it was four words. Well, six words. I'm sorry. There's a the in there. <clears throat> fuck the judges. Fuck the U.S. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he's not going anywhere. He's he's got some some fights still look on
2: And I also read that DC was the one that started that rumor as well. And so there's no kind of like substance behind it. Although John obviously saying, I don't think Peter's no. wants of <laughs> any substance behind it. What, what but are you What that, are
1: you trying to say about my boy DC? He what tweeted you it out. What are you trying to D- say? Well,
2: DC said on a show with DC and RC. He said, um, "I'm hearing that he would want to leave um, the UFC or something like that, um, or take his, you know, take his fights elsewhere, or something, something to that effect." But it was Got just it. DC being DC.
1: Got it. All right, well, hey, that's gonna wrap up our Bellator talk. We're gonna move on from that, and uh, we'll see what happens. Peter John's not going anywhere for a while. All oh, right, okay. this next fight: Jake Paul versus Anderson Silva. John, I told you. <laughs>
0: I told you.
1: The speed, the power, all the footwork, everything. The one thing I was concerned about was could he handle the pressure of Anderson Silva? But when the speed is that much of a difference, the pressure doesn't feel that bad.
0: There was Well, there wasn't that much pressure. Let's just be honest.
1: There was. There was in the second round. Was it the second round?
0: second round that he, Anderson won? Okay. Yeah, he won that round. What, yeah, he one he won, of a couple in I
1: had him winning the, the second and I think the fourth. I think it was. Yeah. You could have given him
0: the fourth, and I think there was also the sixth.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was maybe it was later on. Yeah, it was one of the anyways. Yeah. But I know he won the second, then he, he won another round later on. The speed, it was the speed, a little bit of the power. The footwork of, of Jake Paul was a lot better than I think people give him credit for. And I was surprised how well he handled some of that pressure in that second round. Even though Anderson won the round, he still handled the pressure pretty well. Anderson, this is what this is what top level boxers do. As they put that type of pressure on you to make you fight off that back foot make you feel exhausted make you feel like you can't move next thing you know your arms are heavy your your feet are in sand like you're you're just stuck there and jake paul weathered the storm in that second round came back had a good third round yep. fourth maybe the fourth i'm trying to remember but then it was it was a good fight it was actually a little bit of back and forth but no, anderson it, just didn't have the it was output, a v- john
0: it was a very close fight honestly you know when you're taking a look at the rounds no, it was close. The, the rounds were close. They were clear, I thought. But yeah. it wasn't like Jake Paul was eating Anderson up, and no. it wasn't like Anderson was eating Jake Paul up. The only round that you could say, oh, you know, clear it's a 10-8 round is the, is the eighth round. Okay, the last round when he dropped him. But, you know, even in that one, eh, you know, for the most of the round, it was competitive back and forth. It was the difference of, I thought Anderson got hurt with a lot harder shot, got hit with a lot harder shots than the one that put him down. He got hit with some good shots and was able to take right them. In. And but it was the power of those shots that made him give respect to Jake Paul in situations that he he couldn't give that respect to him and, and get a win. And that that was the real difference when you're looking at you got to you got to give it up for Jake. He can box. You know, we, we've we said it from the beginning. Look, he can box, and he is getting better. He's much better now than he was, you know, a year ago. And that's saying a lot because that's saying that he's putting in the time. He is working on his craft, you know. I, I look at, you know, him against Nate Diaz. And he's too big for Nate. Too fast, too big. That's not a good fight for Nate. I think it's a horrible fight for Nate.
1: Yeah. I think it's a horrible fight for Nate. He's just... He's not, and the other thing too is, he's fighting a round. He's an eight round fight. Again, he's gonna have to fight a twelve round fight against Nate Diaz if Nate's gonna have a chance. And can <laughs> Nate can Nate handle the the size? He weighed in at one eighty six point five or something like that, or one eighty six yeah. on the, in this. And they had agreed upon that weight where he yep. actually cut a little bit of weight to get to one eighty six. Yeah. Nate's gonna be walking around. I think one eighty two.
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe that. You know, like, somewhere around there. 185
1: there. That's okay. So it just doesn't make it doesn't make sense, but I get the I get the cash grab. I understand. You know, and Nate's never really cared about that. He doesn't like look, he is a guy that he could lose his next 10 fights. People are still going to watch. He's going to bring the action, he's going to bring he's going to bring the, the media, the sound bites, the eyeballs. Nate's going to bring all that, you know? And so it's going to make for some fun lead up and build up to the fight. But will it do the numbers?
0: It, you know, this is one of those, you, you look and you go, it's, it's switching. It really is. Because I, I'm not too sure how many YouTube watchers that are, you know, Jake Paul fans are now paying again for a fight. I'm sure there's some, but not all that, you know, did in the beginning. That, that, that interest, I think, is gone. He's more of now a true boxer who still has never fought a boxer, but it's a true boxer who, you know, is now trying to get pay-per-view numbers. Yeah. He's not going to get all the same YouTube people, but, you know, I we'll, we'll see what, you know, the, the numbers on this did. I'm sure it was okay. I thought Anderson did a good job of helping promote it. I thought, you know, Jake Paul actually does a fantastic job of promoting and trying to, you know, get those, you know, people to be interested in it. So, you know, if you're if you're in this game with him, you're not upset with anything that he does. Yeah.
1: No, you shouldn't be. Uh, sorry, I'm I'm trying to look up some. Luke Thomas did so, said something that I really wanted to kind of talk on real quick. He dun 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 dun.
0: What did he say? What did he say? What did Luke say? Come on.
1: Luke he knows was the game. Talking. It's pretty clear. Let me see. Here, this is this was a great little soundbite that, or not soundbite. This is a great little thing that he said, and I have to agree with him on this a little bit because it's very. Yeah. It kind of changes the output or the out. It changes the way you perceive what you were just saying. Says the crowd here is basically all MMA fans, which yeah. means what?
0: It means they're there for Anderson Jake, Silva.
1: They're there for Anderson Silva. Yeah. The fighters that are going or the 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 fans that are watching these fights, they're MMA fans. They're not, they're not boxing fans. Boxing fans, I don't think really care about these crossover type, unless it was like the Mayweather Connor thing, which was an anomaly, basically. Like a, it was a, it was a one off. They knew it was a one off, but it was like, you know what? Let's just see. Connor starts with people in MMA. Let's see how he does against the best boxer in the world at the time. So he says that, he says, not entirely, but the vast majority are MMA. You can tell a few ways, not least of which is who and how the crowd reacts to when the boxers and MMA fighters are shown on the screen, which means that pretty He's much right. everyone, every time the MMA guy was shown on the screen, there was a huge uproar. And every time the boxer whatever was shown, they're like, yeah. And when the boxing fights were going on, no one really gave a shit. The, the crowd was kind of like getting beers. People were out doing whatever. You know, and let's say, let's say they're also on UFC fight kits. There's also a guy there with wearing a UFC fight kit is what Luke Thomas was saying.
0: <laughs>
1: uh see so he actually goes, wait, update several people with fight kits. Uh Devon Booker's there, you know, I mean you're gonna get a little bit of that love. Uh you know, he's anyways, he goes on a couple times. The the thing is, the MMA guys are watch the MMA fans are supporting this. It's not the boxing fans. So to say to say that this is getting paid for by the boxing people, it's just not true. The other thing, like I think to your point as well, when you were talking about Jake Paul, his supporters, they're not paying for this. They're streaming it.
0: Yeah, they're stealing it.
1: They're stealing it. Yeah. It's 100% being stolen. So I'm going to continue to say this. Is this, is, this pay-per-view format that people are doing, it's a joke. Like it's not, it's not what it used to be. Mm. That now certain people can do it, right? I think Canelo can do it. You, they can find a couple. You know, Connor was able to do it. I don't think he can do it as much anymore. He still can, but not as much anymore. I think if Habib was to come back and fight, he could do it. Uh, even Loma, Loma was also the same night. Same night was on ESPN. Yeah, it was the fight was on ESPN. Like it's. There's certain fighters that can do it. When he fought Ortiz, when Loma fought Ortiz, I mean, the size difference, the the speed of Loma was there, but the power was the power difference was was definitely a big factor. Yeah. The size difference was bef- definitely a big factor. I had Loma losing that f- beginning of those rounds.
0: Okay, beginning rounds. Yeah, yes.
1: No, no, he won the fight. Yes. But he didn't. He didn't start coming on until the ninth, tenth, eleventh, and twelfth round. I mean, he had a couple good rounds earlier. That's when he I didn't started dominating that, the fight. Yeah, I didn't have it being that much of a spread when when I re- heard the the judges' uh, scorecards. I had it. had Ortiz being a lot closer to that. I'm not. I'm not offended at the fact that Loma won. I thought Loma did win. It was close, but I had thought Loma won. It definitely was, not I think one judge had it like one seventeen
0: yeah, to like one eleven or something
1: like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't have it like that. No, I didn't have it like that. Um, but overall, these these boxing fans are not watching these type of boxing matches. The MMA fans, they're. They're excited about it. MMA fans love fighting. Boxing fans, they love top-level boxing. Top That's level it. Boxing. They don't care about they don't want to they don't care about the undercards. That's what separates our sport. That's what makes our sport so great. MMA is a great sport because we don't give a shit if you're the fucking first fight on the prelims. We want to see you fight.
0: That's oh, just yeah. how it goes. I'm You're gonna, not I'm watching gonna, low level I'm boxing. Gonna, I'm going to tell you this, and it's funny because you know the the where we were at Milan, Alliance Cloud probably holds 5, 6,000 people something like mm-hmm. that. And uh, you know there was three dark fights before, and yeah. by the time that third dark fight was out there, that place was almost packed. Yeah, and and and, I, and one of the things that I I talked about says why do we not have any Italian fighters in the main card? What, what what are we thinking oh you know it's okay sure enough that place was packed during the prelims <laughs> as the main card started going out all those people that saw their guys fight started dwindling out i'm yeah. telling you what by by the time barna and piccolati were there half of it was was gone you look yeah. and you go hey man people come to, to see certain things you, know, you get you got to give them what they want you know i don't care where you're at
1: Yeah, the thing is when you look remember when we went to when we were in Paris, what last April or May, we were there. That crowd crazy I would say three quarters of that crowd was there by the time the first fight started. And they stayed to the very, very end. Because but Czech Congo was also the main event in that fight. But then the first couple fights were um were French guys. And it was it was packed from beginning to end. That crowd came in early and they stayed until the very, very end, all the way through Czech speech. I look at these. I look at these. Uh, no speech. Yeah, he didn't get I don't to die. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like you know. Anyways, John, I think I think the, the MMA. What I liked what Luke said because it is true that a lot of these f- boxing matches that we're watching, they're being supported by the MMA fans.
0: Yeah, I I so think all the with, criticism with the you know Jake Paul. That's he does not have the normal, you know back background of fans Mm -hmm. that we think come you know Mm -hmm. with boxing he doesn't have that he's Mm -hmm. got in my opinion he's got his like you say his youtubers and stuff that for the most part i bet there's they're you know stealing it and then he's got the mma fans that want to see him lose (laughs) that's really what he's got you know he's done a great job of Coming out, everybody he's fought has been an MMA guy for the most part, except for you know the first two, Nate Robinson being a boxer. I mean, a basketball player, but he hasn't. He's never fought the boxer, mm-hmm. and so he was going to that fight fell apart, whatever. But I don't know. I just don't. I think the more he goes and and it, it is the better he gets as a fighter, mm-hmm. the the less interest there is in watching him fight by especially box boxing people. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Jave, is there anything else you want to talk about? Are we gonna talk about this uh, this media uproar that people are all mad about?
2: Yeah, so <laughs> I'm actually thinking I'm um, given the time, and you know we still got this on YouTube. Let's talk. Let's uh, roll into that. And I've got some fights and uh, a couple of news points that um, we can say for for midweek show. So make sure you guys come back for the midweek show to get some uh, takes on some fights that were announced, and then um, get some news updates as well. Yeah, this dropped a little
1: bit later because John was out of town, um, Uh you know, and just got me late last night, got delayed again, of course, uh, on the no-fly list. Uh, They hold you back a little bit longer. I do Um, get held back. (laughs) You do. That's (laughs) what happens when you fly American Airlines. You got to switch over to Delta. Delta. (laughs) Delta, buddy. Delta. Uh,
2: Go ahead, Dave. Let's get into this. All right. So, um, obviously, in the last show, there was, uh, you know, some controversial points made uh, by Mr. Josh Thompson himself, carried on to Twitter. No- twitter, he does it um, all the time i know you know what's <laughs> crazy is is i thought twitter broke because elon walked into twitter hq with the sink but it actually broke because <laughs> josh thompson went after the mma media oh, wow. um you know one of you that post that you did was like i don't what did we say like a uh, views on twitter um you know a lot of a lot of uh, feedback from the media themselves. Um, of, course, you know, so of course, Eddie, Eddie Alvarez like reposted a, it. They,
1: f- they feel like they're being attacked. <laughs>
2: uh, Eddie Alvarez reposted it. Um, and then um, the, the kind of like common consensus was that it's a promoter's job to promote, which, you know, like. People taking, are right. Taking... It is the promoter's job to promote. That's <laughs> and very educated. Love yeah, the, Love the fact they realize that oversimplified way of putting it um, and there's a lot there's a lot baked into that but i'll let you guys uh go off on this john do you have any comments before josh because we know josh is gonna no, help i'm, a not, to
1: I'm actually that. not gonna go, i'm actually not gonna go long i want to say you were in italy and you were just getting bombarded by people look <laughs> if i have if, if um, my one comment is this if i have to explain to you guys what i meant by promote you guys really just took it to another level that that was the only you took the one word out of context and basically said, oh, you know what? This is this this is the promoter's job. No shit, you guys. No shit. <laughs> okay. I, I would have thought that it was clear that the word promotion by the promoter, it's their job to promote the fights. We all know that. It's your job to cover. Okay. Let me just, I should have said cover, but I felt like it was kind of a no brainer. I think everyone knew what I was getting at. The other thing that the other last thing I want to get into, just and talk about is, John, you, no, you know what? I'm gonna let you do it because it comes. You seem like you're so much better with your words. No, I'm not. <laughs> people, people call people want to call us media. Go ahead, John. You take it away. <laughs> I'm
0: like, you know, I, I guess because if you have if you have a microphone, you're media. It doesn't make sense. I, I, I you want to say I'm media? Okay. I'm definitely not a journalist. And Josh, I hate to tell you this, you're not a journalist either, okay? (laughs) What? You don't get the love anymore? No no love as a journalist. Look, I I don't write anything. I don't make, you know, I I don't look for scoops to be able to uh, drop down on things. I hold back more information than people could believe knowing a lot of things that are going to happen. A lot of things are going to come out. I don't say a word. That's what, media and journalists do I don't do that and so I don't put myself in that and I don't put you in that category of you know I'm not a journalist I'm definitely not a journalist you know and nothing against journalists they they have their thing I and and the real thing was this you know when people were coming up to me I said you know I knew I knew when we were doing that segment I and I didn't say anything off of it because you know you 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 went on your you know thing and you said hey I'm calling all of you out and I knew what you were talking about yeah. I, I knew, and, and when you and you said the word promote, and I was thinking, like, and to myself, I was like, should, should I tell them, hey, so, you know, let's correct that. You, you mean that? And I was like, no, nah, you know, people understand it. <laughs> I was like, well, it's no different than politics. Mm-hmm. If we can grab a hold of something and say, oh, look what you said, and take it out of the context mm-hmm. where you know it belongs. You were talking about, look, you're calling out the media, so you want them to cover something. Are you going to put you know, your, your efforts behind covering something that is very important for the sport? And it is. It's important that we get promotions that will cross-promote, that will put their champions up against other champions. It's not about do we want the media to promote it. I don't want the media to promote it. It is not their job. It is Bellator's no. job to do that. It is Ryzen's job to do that. And yeah. at this point, I will tell you, they're doing a good job with promoting it. If you look at what's been done with this as quick as this was set up, because this is gonna you know gonna happen here at the end of the year, as quick as this is set up, you know, they've already had press conference. They've already, you know, brought those fighters together in Japan. You know, they did the whole thing with you know, you know, facing them off and everything. I don't know if you've seen the posters, but I love the posters. You know, and do me a favor, Dave, if you can pull that up. Pull up the poster that they put came out with, which is as simple as you can get as far as you know what it. There's not you know any verbiage or anything really on it. It's a samurai warrior's armor and then a gladiator's armor on one side. 1231, 1231 on the thing. Just I mean, very simplistic mm-hmm. but beautifully done. Gives the message. I mean, the Scott Coker, Saki Kabara they're people they're promoting yeah it is not the media's job to promote and i don't believe that's what you were talking about no you were talking about it's it's on you guys to cover this with the type of effort that you cover other things that are important in the sport and this is important and i think they will i i honestly think you know like for, for the most part do we have do we have some really good journalists great journalists in MMA, we really do. We've got some people that really put a lot of effort and do a great job of covering things that are happening in sport. Do we have some dipshits? We got some dipshits. Okay, <laughs> we got some people that, you know, all they want to do is I want to be able to talk to a fight. I want to be able to go to this show, you know, and get my credentials. We have those too. That's in anything, and you're going to have that. But when you look at what this show means to the sport, And what it could mean to the fighters as far as you can actually have a contract, step outside of that contract and go and fight in a different place. And no no matter what, and the media knows this is true, every fighter for the most part knows it's true. Based upon past history, based upon where this sport came from and how it grew and the events that took place in Japan at one time with pride, there is an aura for fighters and going over and being able to fight in Japan based even on the martial arts that is special. It's special to the fighters and many of them. They want to be able to go and fight in a arena like the Saitama or the Tokyo Dome or any of those with a packed crowd. And that is something that is a bucket list type of thing for the fighters. The fact that guys get to do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So when I was working for 1FC as a commentator there, Rich Franklin was there as well. He was the president of whatever vice, they put it. Vice him.
0: president of, yes. Yeah,
1: yeah. Vice president there.
0: See, I'm fixing your words now because his, you know, I don't want someone to come his, at you and say, Josh yeah. Thompson, don't you know that Rich Franklin Ch- is not the president? That is Chhatri <laughs> <tongue." laughs> So,
1: So Rich Franklin, one of his bucket lists is that he always wanted to fight in pride, that yeah. he was upset he never got to fight in Japan. Having that conversation with them. There's been Patricky Pitbull. He was able to fight there last year and Patricio now fighting here this year. Fighters bucket list is to fight in Japan. Now, the other thing with these, with the the media, I want to ask you a question because you've been around since the conception of the sport and dirt. Um, is that how (laughs) I want to, I just (laughs) want you to know, just, (laughs) I have a question. Has there ever been a bigger co promotion in the sport of MMA?
0: No, they, especially when you look and you go, and, and part of this is why the UFC is the way it is now. Is Dana learn? Hey, man, I got screwed. I'm just being honest, okay? If you recall, Pride had a tournament. They had their big light heavyweight tournament that mm. you know had Wanderlei Silva in it and Rampage Jackson and Alistair Over Alistair Overeem, and they put Chuck Liddell in it. UFC yep. gave Chuck Liddell. Dana White gave Chuck Liddell. He also gave over Rico Rodriguez, who fought against Noguera there. He gave a couple of fighters, but Chuck was the big thing about, you know, Chuck went over to Japan. He beat Alistair in the first round of that, and then he lost to Rampage Jackson. But that, in and itself, Dana didn't get anything back from. There was no—there was supposed to be repercussion coming back. You know, they were going to give Sakuraba— the Japanese and pride never did it. And that really resonated with him. I got screwed. I did something that was helping your promotion and it told, cause it was going to help mine. And in the end it didn't help mine. I'm never doing that again. And that's part of why he doesn't do any kind of cross promotion was that specific event right there. But that was not as big as what this is at the time that yeah. you, you look at it and you go, this is much different because you're talking about champions, champions mm-hmm. facing champions it's never been done Josh it is it's a big time thing that needs to have people understanding by the written word of journalists guys that can actually write not me you know they actually need to put it out there that hey this is special and th- the, these are the reasons why it's special and this is what each promotion is risking mm-hmm. by doing this because you are risking no no doubt about it You know, anytime you put your, you know, champion up against another champion, if your champion loses, that doesn't look good. You know,
1: it doesn't look good, but it's a chance. And like I said, with with Scott Coker, when I talked to him, I said, look, I'm not too encouraged by some of these matchups. I said, what happens if saying he's like, look, my job is to put my fighters in the best scenario, the best case for them to to bring eyeballs to them, promote their brand and become stars. That's what I'm doing. It's their job to win and deliver. Yeah. When he told me that, that's what you're looking for from your I, promoter. I that's had, what I'm looking yeah. for from anybody that's trying to promote me.
0: You know, I had I had dinner with uh, Scott Coker over in uh, Milan, Italy, and you know, you were one of the subjects that came up based upon you know the whole thing with Brewing. He goes, he goes, you think Josh really thinks I'm not a good promoter? <laughs> I go, oh, come he on, Scott. He started laughing. He goes. He goes, what do they expect? He says, Josh is a fighter. He's not going to say the perfect words. He goes, Johnny goes, if you're a fighter, do you not want to have a promoter that can put you into these special situations and give you something that other promoters won't give you? He goes, I just look at it. If I don't do this, I'm taking something away from the fighter. He says, it's the same reason why. You know, when uh, he goes, MVP, you know, I let him go over and do the bare knuckle boxing. He goes, I couldn't take that money out of his pocket. It was too much. He goes, how can I do that? How can I look at him and say, no, you can't do that knowing how much I'm taking away from he goes, sometimes you got to look at it and say, yeah, business is business, but being a human and doing the right thing takes precedence over it. He goes, man, that's what I love about the guy. You know, he actually does take a look at the whole situation. And even if it doesn't serve him mm-hmm. in the best light at times, he still may do it based upon what's good for the fighter.
1: Well, look, we've talked about or I've talked extensively about look, Bellator's budget for promoting fights. It should be expanded because we've oh, got I and, and people you guys can you guys can. Say that I'm full of shit and I'm blowing sunshine because I work for Bellator, but I also fought for Strike Force and I fought for it and I was a champion there and I was promoted by Coker since the conception of Strike Force. So when I tell you this, yeah, that's me wow. right there, baby. But when I tell you guys this and look at all the champions that have come from Strike Force, this roster is as good, if not better than the, the roster that the UFC bought when they bought Strike Force. You guys are only going to remember the names. You're going to remember DC and Rock Cold. and. But I want you guys, there was a ton of fighters that came from there that became champions. T. Wood, other fighters as well. But Robbie Lawler, they all came from Strike Force. Sure, Robbie was with the UFC before, before. But this roster under Bellator, they've got guys and females that are just outstanding fighters. Now, will they all become champion if they were all to merge and go, I don't know. You really don't know. You, re- you really can't say, no one knows. Will they rise up to the level and get it done? Certain guys will. I really believe guys like Jaroslav Amosov, he's going to be a bitch to beat. He's 26 and 0 right now. Best record in the sport. You know, that's an active record. He's got, he is a fantastic fighter. He's well rounded. He, someone who comes from a, doesn't come from a wrestling background, but he can wrestle. Ask Logan Storley. The guy's got good stand up. He's very dynamic. He comes, he can fight all around. There's all, Van Steen is to me, is I've always been high on him. John yep. knows this since the time that I first saw him fight, and the way he carries himself, the way he walks around, the way he fights—those are the kind of fighters that I can see really making leaps and bounds in, in a promote, in a cross promotion or co promotion like this. These are the ones that benefit. Like I said with Rich Franklin, he had—he it was one thing that always ate him up inside. It's like, sure, I was with the UFC, sure I was a champ there, but I was really upset. That I look back in my career, I never got a chance to fight in the Tokyo Dome or in fight in Saitama Arena. I never got a chance to fight in Japan in that setting, in that crowd. I was able to fight as the co-main event in on New Year's Eve against Kawajiri. I took the fight on short notice, but I was there was no way I was passing that fight up. No fucking way. I was sitting at the Warriors game, drinking a beer, eating chicken strips. When Coker called me, I was chicken sitting. Trips. I was sitting right behind the bench, going "Fuck!" I'm sitting floor. I'm sitting basically on the floor right there. And he calls me. He goes, "Hey, they da 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 want you to fight on this." I'm like, "Dude, that's two weeks away." He says, "This is what they're willing to pay you." And I put my beer down, and my chicken strips down. I went home and I ran. I said, "I'm in." That's it. That's how quick that was. The decision to be able to fight, and I had fought there before, but I, want, I never, I want never you got to, to know fight there see, on the That's
0: discipline because I would have eaten my chicken strips before I took <laughs> off.
1: <laughs> I put all my stuff down. I got, I got in the car and I drove home, ran five miles, said, okay, you know what? I can do this. Two weeks, I'm, yep. I'm in. But the amount of money that they paid me in an opportunity to fight on New Year's Eve that's it. in Japan, you're fucking out of your mind if you thought I was going to pass that up. There's no fucking way. And so this is a this is a bucket list for fighters and my my point directly uh, to the media. You guys know it's not your job to promote. And you in the media did a great job of doing what they do, spinning the words, twisting it and doing and making sure that their point was driven home by oh, well, it's not our job to promote. That's why that's why you guys are in the position you guys are in. That's what separates you as a journalist from me. I'm someone that just speaks what's on my mind. I don't twist the words and say this and say that. That's your job. I'm not a journalist.
2: Josh, okay? I think there's an important distinction they make there is that you've you've been in the sport fighting in that cage, you know, what thirty fights, whatever um as a professional for the last 25 years right you ha- you have earned the right to give your opinion on the sport whether that be uh pre-fight post-fight or news, or just news that comes out and you know big john if you read one samuel 17 you'll see big john's name when david fought goliath right that's <laughs> how old john that's how long john's been referee that's how long john's damn. been refereeing for. Damn, right, you Jay, like you
0: came up with a good one, man. Thank you very much for just stabbing me in the back. I like that one. That was well done. Well uh-huh. done. John, John yeah. made a good. John made a
1: good point as well that I that we are not journal. You know how many stories we could break before the media does. You know how many stories we could break. Yeah. Just sitting around at breakfast tables, listening to conversations from from fighters, from fighters' camps, from fighters' uh, coaches, from from. Dinners with Scott Coker. You know how much media we can break before the the media Did, does. You know what fights I could talk about right now? I can't do it. I can't. Not, not gonna can. do it. And sure, we would love to. There's things that we could probably pussyfoot around and kind of hint to. But I mean, like, we just we just don't do that. We're not media. So to sit here and say we're media, we're not. We give you guys breakdowns on fights. We talk about how we think the matchups. We talk about looking forward to things to come. Would be great if we got to see this type of fight. We are not trying to get inside scoops. I'm not calling fighters trying to get the inside scoop on what they're doing next. I'm not doing that. We don't have fighters on really because I don't like to pry on fighters and be like, hey, so what's going on? What are you doing next? Like I don't like that feeling of feeling like I'm pressuring you to say something you want you don't want to say. I let the fighters do all the talking in the media, and then I take from that, and I say, okay, this is what they said. Let's talk about it. Obviously, this whole thing started by me saying the word promote. Your job is to cover, okay? And we know that you guys knew exactly what I was talking about. But you guys to save your ass, that's what you guys decided to run with. That's fine. I'm okay with that. But let's not forget this, to, to finish this all off, to close this argument. this is, oh, the this biggest, is not going to close it. This Just is so the biggest know. co-promotion <laughs> in the sport where champions are fighting champions. in two big promotions where basically the some of the biggest fights in history have ever taken place in Japan, are you guys going to cover
0: this show? Yeah, I that's just, all I just, I'm asking. I just look and say, please give it the coverage that it's due, based upon the importance it is for the sport.
1: And this is not about fight. This is not about promotions. I'm not going to be. I'm going to be honest. This is about giving those fighters that are doing something. They realistically, like, they have a lot to lose. The promotions both have a lot to lose. Both promotions have a lot to lose. But I'm not talking about the promotions. Okay. I'm talking about, are you guys going to cover these fighters? This is their lifelong dream is to fight in Japan. Lifelong dream is to fight there under the bright lights. New Year's Eve, the main event, co-main event. They're on this card. The history of the sport grew. I remember all of us sitting around fucking odd hours of the time trying to watch pride like huddled up around you know all of our buddies houses just trying to watch pride it was it was like it was way bigger than the ufc at the time way bigger no one gave a shit really about the the ufc at the time though i was sure there's some good fights in there there's some great pride was where everyone went to watch the fights people that cared about the sport hardcore fans it was pride Folchenshin, Nogueira, Bob Sapp, Fedor. I mean, like it was the list was long of just how many people they loved watching fight. Go
0: I say Takada. Shogun, Ninja, Take
1: Takata. <laughs> H- I mean, Hickson. Hickson was on there. Like it like these were all people went there to watch. Now I'm asking to me, are you guys going to cover and give these fighters the 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 coverage they deserve, the props they deserve? for putting it all out there, champion versus champion, number one contender versus champion, like yeah, and, all these
0: things. And really what you're talking about is, look, there there's stories out there for you know, mm-hmm. the media to really go after and look at, you know, Roberto Satoshi D'Souza doesn't get any kind of coverage. Let's be honest here, you know, very, if you've seen anything, it's always based upon grappling, I would say. For the I don't like part. that
1: fight for AJ. I don't like it. I'm well, be honest it, with
0: you. it's a good fight it's a good fight both have their areas where they're strong and and it's who's going to be yeah. able to put you know those areas you know to the forefront but you look and you it would be and this is what where I'm looking at saying hey you know uh, the right coverage does a lot for the sport mm-hmm. it does a lot for the sport as far as the fans in for the most part let's be honest only hardcores are going to know who Roberto Satoshi D'Souza is mm-hmm. and it, it'll be nice because this is where you get a lot of the people, you know, oh, if he doesn't fight in the UFC, he's no good. You know, Yuri no. Prochaska, you know, fighting in Ryzen, you know, he was no good. You know, when, when yeah. he came, when the UFC signed him, I said, I, I'm telling you right now, he's going to be their champion. He mm-hmm. is their champion now, okay, because those guys are out there and we see him and, and we know, hey, there's really good fighters. Well, it'd be nice for the fans to know about Satoshi and how good this guy is. You know he's got one loss on on his record from uh, Johnny Case, and he went and he you know got that back with a quick submission over him and stuff. And the submission game, of this guy, this is a guy you know you're talking about you know grappling matches with Gordon Ryan, the best there is in the world right now. Yeah, Gordon Ryan couldn't finish him. That 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 ended up in a draw, you know. And so this dude, and that's Gordon Ryan at heavyweight, and Satoshi being a lightweight. Okay, we're talking this dude is awesome on the ground. So there's a lot to cover there. There's there's all kinds of things that are there for them to go after and just enlighten the entire MMA fan base as far as fighters that are out there that they don't get to see very often that are really good and have a whole lot to bring to the sport. Are you going to be a journalist? Are you going to actually do the research? No, I'm not going to be a journalist.
1: That's not you. No, I'm talking about the <laughs> I'm talking about the media. Yeah. The, that's the thing. It's easier for the media to chase after the guys in the UFC because those are the ones that have majority of the spotlight on them right now. But are you yeah. going to actually go do the work now? Are you guys, are you guys too lazy? Are you pushing yeah. again? Are I you am. pushing? All right. We'll see. We'll see it. We'll <laughs> see if they, if they have some stories, if they come up with stuff and they see if they cover, yeah. they cover, okay, this, uh, the fighters and this promote and this co-promotion, the biggest one in history. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. That's what it all yeah. comes down to. All right, guys, we're going to wrap this show up. want to thank you guys. Hit that subscribe button down below. There's also a link in the description that will take you to our clips channel. Hit that and then also hit the, the subscribe button there and the little thumbs up. We drop special content on that channel, on our short clips channel. Only available on that channel. People, you guys have hit me up in my comments saying, hey, how do I see this part? Was this on the main show? No, it wasn't on the main show. It's only available. Some content is only available on our Clips channel, hit the subscribe button there. Also go to WayneInPodcast.com, pick up some of our merch. It is sweatshirt season. Yes. hoodie season, all all those things. Long sleeve shirt season. So pick it up at WayneInPodcast.com. John, take us away.
0: It's also sweater season, but we don't sell any. That's what we were trying to put out right there. Yeah. For everyone out there, thank you very much for tuning in. We hope you're having fun. For the media. Hey, guys. Still love you. We'll talk to you later. Bye. (laughs)